You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, the only place where drums are replaced by boots and cats. At the top of the hour this hour, the countdown to Aarhus Vocal Festival 2019 begins. The festival will take place in Aarhus in Denmark from May 30th to June 2nd, 2019, and they just announced their competitors. This year, the five finalists for the vocal group competition are ILO, Akervinda, Voxid, Ambrosia, Sub5, and Jazzation. And in the choir competition, we'll see Jazz Corps der Unibon, Sabrina Yasartan Tiatarat, Acapella Pop Choir, Maze, Momentum, and Hellscore. The festival this year will feature the real group as headliners. Get your tickets now at aavf.dk. Hello, Acaville fans, and welcome back to Tacapella. This is our first episode back after the holiday break. Brian's here. I'm here. We have our guest who we're not going to say her name yet, but you're going to find out in like literally 30 seconds. I'm not sure why I'm drawing attention to it. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm loving the anticipation that you're building up right now. Seems very dramatic. It's like when we were kids and they'd say, who's that Pokemon at, during the commercial <laughs> break? And you could, mm-hmm. everyone clearly knew who it was, but <laughs> you're still excited when you saw it. I don't think people, I don't know if people have the same level of anticipation here, but Brian, do you have a, do you have a good holiday? You have a good Thanksgiving? I did. You know, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Is so it I really? Enjoy it, you know, it's, I know I'm kind of surprised that more people don't love it as much as me, but you know, I've, I've kind of I'm cold. I like it. it more now than I did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was just like this is just pre-Christmas. But now I, <laughs> now I've really started to enjoy it. And now I want to ask our guest if they also had a good holiday. Which is, I'm not going to do a drum roll because it's going to shake the mic. But Lisa Hawkins, Lisa, how are you doing? I am good. I just want to say I'm honored that I was compared to a Pokemon. You, you yourself <laughs> That's weren't so compared. Great. To- I mean, I didn't compare you to a specific <laughs> the anticipation, Pokemon. It was like the reveal is like a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who's your it. favorite Who's anyway. your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> my favorite Pokemon? Oh my gosh. I feel like you and I talked I, about Pokemon once or twice. I think we did. I am a big fan of Squirtle. I think he's just the cutest. That sounds familiar. Ooh. Squirtle is classic. I just unlocked him in the new Super Smash Brothers game as a playable character. And he is a... He's a vicious little beast. So I think this is the longest we've gone on the show, about like a minute, two minutes in, without talking about anything relevant to acapella. But uh, <laughs> just go off for, for Acaville, goes off on holiday for two weeks, come back, and it's been retrofitted to become a Pokemon podcast. Guys, it's really great for us all to be here together. Having not been able to do acapella for a few weeks, just as we were on holiday, it's really great to, to be back, and I'm feeling the energy. So Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you do acapella. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Lisa. I live in Anchorage, Alaska, which is pretty far away from anything acapella related, which makes it a little bit difficult. But from here, I do uh, freelance arranging. I kind of go to schools, uh, any places that do musical, I do vocal coaching. But on a uh, acapella level, I travel. And I was actually living in Buffalo, New York earlier this year for about seven months working for Acapella Productions as their client manager and arranger. So that was really cool. Um, and I also got to work at, um, if you heard of it, Camp Acapella as one oh, of yeah. their like 
music assistant, lighting engineers, which was a great time. I learned so much. And going to camp every year is so great. It's one of my favorite things. And aside from that, I got to do some performing. So I got to perform. I got to be the artist in residence at Acapella University, which is in Wisconsin. It was a great time. Yeah. And then I also got to perform at this rooftop gig in... uh, Oh, I'm blanking on where it was now. I feel like I've traveled so much the past year. I'm just like losing track. Um, Where Motown was. Detroit. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Narrowed it down. (laughs) So, yeah. I was just going to say with all those different places, I'm just curious because for one, Alaska couldn't be any further uh, away from than where I'm at because I'm here in Texas. But, you know, just from the New York, you know, the Buffalo scene, Alaska, you know, what's that dynamic like? You know, what's the scene like? Yeah, well, you know, to be totally honest, the scene in Buffalo and Anchorage isn't all that different because oh. there's not like a whole lot going on in Buffalo. There's like the UB groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like three or four of them. But aside from that, Buffalo itself doesn't have like a very thriving acapella scene, but it's close to kind of a lot of things, um, which is nice. We got to travel to a lot of the shows and work the shows in the... Eh, I want to say nearby, but in a hefty driving distance. <laughs> well, I would. Uh, I went to a lot of the festivals this year. I went to Boss. I went to SoJam. I went to Kettering, Akafest, and you know, flying from Alaska. It's just it's a it's a big oh yeah it's a big trip. So oh, being in Buffalo was definitely closer for sure. We can actually drive. Yeah, not fly. and Lisa, <laughs> I, as I understand it, you also have another acapella gig that you haven't mentioned, and that's you are the host of Asking for Directions on a little show called Tacapella, hosted by Brian Alexander and John. <laughs> Lampus on Acaville Radio. Oh man, that's pretty big. <laughs> that's yeah. Me. <laughs> we've had a good time. We had Amanda on recently, the host of Notable Coverage. We've had a fun time uh, having our having our segment hosts on because I think you guys bring a different perspective, not only to acapella but to what makes Tacapella good because your segments are such an important part of this show. And it's always great to get your opinions on just what you see as the important things to talk about in acapella because you are part of the program every week. So thanks so much for coming on today, Lisa. I'm, I'm really excited to, I mean, you just hit on a bunch of different things we can dive into. I'm really curious. You've had a lot of adventures in the larger acapella community. You mentioned Camp Acapella, Acapella Productions. You sang in Cape Harmony. You have a group called Revel right now. You've been doing a lot. So what's it been like being an acapella professional? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it's uh, not what I would call stable. That's fair. <laughs> because, uh, you know, your your work just kind of comes in bits and pieces. And, you know, a lot, with arranging especially, you know, arranging kind of comes in seasons. You got like your summer, like anticipating the fall semester mm-hmm. arranging. And then you got like the Christmas break that's, you know, up to the spring. You got ICCAs. So, you know, it's kind of been... A whirlwind this year. I got to kind of dabble in everything. I got to dabble in like the production studio side, live, um, lighting, arranging, performing. I got to do it all this year and very, very, very thankful for that. And I've kind of have, what's the saying? Fingers in all the. Oh, um. (laughs) What's the. I I know what you're talking about. It's like you got something (laughs) in all the different somethings. You've got. I I know what you're talking about. Someone who is like. (laughs) older than me is going to listen to this and just be disappointed that I can get it. Yeah, same. 
<laughs> so Lisa, would you say you're like a pretty well-rounded acapellite now from having all of these experiences? You're talking about doing lighting stuff. I've never I've never done anything with that. You're talking about all these different things you've done, all these places you've been. I mean, I see your Instagram. You're following all these people. You're meeting all these people in real life. Uh, I've never met Brian in real life. Fun fact. I'm not sure he's real. <laughs> I am but, I'm indeed real. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Lisa, like, it sounds like you have kind of you're involved in a lot of different things and my guess is that has given you a lot of experience in a lot of different areas would you do you think you're a more well-rounded individual through those experiences oh yeah absolutely and i keep on i I intend to keep on doing more of that you know i'm i'm looking into editing right now and hopefully i'll be more proficient at that so i can start you know actually being like a freelance editor as like editor as in terms of audio or in terms of like mixing like audio like so what happens is you you know you track somebody and then you have to edit the tracks and then you mix them and then you master them so it it seems like you have a lot of experience with the the behind the scenes work of acapella because a lot of times people just see the groups performing and you mentioned you've done editing you've done arranging is there an interest you have more being behind the scenes i guess in that sense or do you enjoy the performance just as uh, kind of like an equal or uh you know i appreciate them all in very different ways. Um, my my passion is in performing, but I really do love lighting and editing. Those are, uh, to me, really, really fun. And I love being able to like do lighting and for, you know, the audience members or even uh, members from the, the group to come up to me later and be like, oh my gosh, that was so great. Like, it's just such a good feeling. And I love being able to like make their performance like even more and highlight the parts that it, it just gives it that extra little pop in their performances and I love that. Yeah, I think our I think our community has gotten a lot better at the kind of the recognition of how much goes mm-hmm. into actually making acapella work. Um, I've been paying a lot of attention to all the different awards and everything that comes out. You know, yeah. there's video awards, there's performance awards, there's, you know, all these different awards at these events and I think it's amazing that there's so much that goes into acapella at the end of the day if you have an interest in it. And I think it's so important and so cool for people who do just more than just the performance part of it. I definitely agree with that, Brian. And I think that's something you and I have, like, we've just kind of been discovering more throughout our more recent episodes. We had Sean from Ock Alumni on a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about this very openly due to an accident that happened to him. He is not able to sing nearly as much as he used to be able to and he's not physically able to do that but he still feels like he gets his like quote-unquote acapella fix because he is arranging a lot he is also editing stuff and he created the Oc alumni project he is still involved with it and it just expands this idea of what doing acapella means it is no longer just yeah acapella is when you get up and sing no acapella is when you discuss acapella with people on twitter acapella is when you have a podcast with someone doing acapella is the all the things that surround the art form and how we engage with that and like doing lighting similar thing it's still a facet Mm -hmm. of acapella and i think it's really cool that i feel like we as a community are expanding beyond the idea of just a performance style 
it is an entire culture that people derive different satisfactions from different aspects of it. Yeah, definitely. I agree completely. And, you know, just speaking of that, before I kind of derailed the conversation, I know, um, Lisa, you were talking about- You derailed it, man. Did you not hear the Pokemon thing at the beginning? (laughs) No, no. We were were long past due for a moment like that, so (laughs) it's not a problem. Uh, Lisa, you mentioned a lot about the editing and something that we haven't, at least in a lot of our recent, more recent episodes discussed the editing and the recording part of it. And I'm just curious, you know, how did you get involved? I know a lot of people, for me personally, I got my first taste of that just out of necessity because we needed it for our group. You know, was there a similar experience for you or is it something completely different or does it go way past acapella in itself? Uh, Well, actually it started after Cape Harmony for me and I wanted, I didn't exactly have a next thing in acapella and I was I needed my fix. And so <laughs> I was kind of arranging for myself and I made a few videos and was kind of trying to learn production with myself in my own voice. So I did uh, two videos and oh, yeah. I, you know, re- recorded, yeah, recorded, edited, mixed, all that. I was just kind of winging it, but I got like the cheapest version of Melodyne nice. I could find. For those of you who don't know what Melodyne is, it's a pitch Sounds correction like a software. Over the counter um, medication for like stomach acid <laughs> reflux. <laughs> but I'll believe you that it's that it's of software. Yeah, yeah, it is really cool. It's it's pretty user friendly. It's nice. But I was just kind of experimenting with that, and I was like, this is really cool. I like this aspect of it a lot. And then um, I went to work for ACP, and I got to do a little bit more of that. Um, and I wouldn't call myself like an editor yet by any means, but I'm definitely working my way towards that. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. It's just not with myself, my own voice. I think that makes a lot of sense because acapella has the opportunity to be such a like self-starting art form. It's really easy to kind of just mm-hmm. do it by yourself. It's cheap. It's not an art form that requires a ton of investment in like lots of equipment. Obviously, you know, you got some software to kind of give you an into this one part of it. But I think it makes sense that it's like, oh, I like this thing in acapella. I'm going to figure out how to do it. That's how I got involved in talking about acapella. And Brian, you bring up a good point in that we just haven't talked a lot about like recording or audio editing on this show a lot. And that's something I'd love to dive into more. And I'm glad Lisa's here to talk about it. Lisa, like what goes into editing a voice, like editing an acapella track, like pretend I'm really dumb. You might not need to pretend that hard and just walk me through that process of how that whole thing works, but how you edit acapella about how you mix it all that all that jazz okay yeah well i'll start at the very beginning and then kind of stop at editing because i don't think i'm experienced enough to talk about mixing so much barely knew they were a different um, thing so that's great (laughs) (laughs) awesome perfect i can talk about the concept though so at the very very beginning after you have all your equipment set up you have say you have 16 members in you know your classic collegiate acapella group you need each person to come in separately in track their voice. And so that just is basically the tracking engineer. Their job is to, you know, push the recording button or, you know, the space bar and <laughs> just record. It's not as record funny their as voice it for. shouldn't be that funny, but that's sorry, I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's true. When I was like tracking groups, I was like the space bar is my best friend and also the vein of my existence. Because <laughs> yeah. that's all you're doing. But mm-hmm. yeah, and 
I wouldn't say that's my favorite part of the process, but for some people, it definitely is because that's when you Just the recording get them. to work with people. Yeah. yeah, you get to work with people in their like individual voices and you can mm-hmm. kind of like coach them through some things, get emotion out of them. And there's a lot that goes into that too. And that's really cool. I, I did enjoy that and kind of yeah. being able to work with people in that creative process with them to make their art come to life. So that was really cool. What's some of the stuff you like would tell them? Well, I think live performance and studio recording is very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sing something very like cleanly very like you know technical it's gonna sound great live but you do it in the studio Mm -hmm. and it just kind of sounds boring Mm -hmm. yeah because there's not a whole lot of emotion behind it and so i'll tell them like hey forget about technique for a second just like (laughs) what do you want to say like what does this mean for Mm -hmm. for you and how can you portray that in your voice like are you angry are you sad like because when you're when it's live it there the emotion is kind of visual but with studio recording you don't have you don't get to have that so you have to really express with your voice Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are things I would work with. I would work with basses a lot. A lot of, you know, um, high school collegiate basses, you know, their voices aren't developed yet. So I kind of have to like mm-hmm. teach them how to work with a studio mic and how to sound bassy. Because when you're singing bass live, you're going dum, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But Sounds in the familiar. studio, like, it doesn't yeah. Translate well. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to sound really like clean. You want that like full, mm-hmm. full, dark, deep tone. So I'll, I'll work with them a lot. And that's, you know, that is really cool something to be said about creating that art with them. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I remember back to when we first recorded our first album with uh, my college group, uh, there were two specific moments that you just reminded me of. One was when I was tracking for vocal percussion and it's so easy just to kind of go in a studio and be like, oh, I'm going to do exactly how I do vocal percussion in a live performance. And it's just like the rhythm is just the just that. like, no, They were like, no, you can't do that because it just doesn't translate well to a degree with what we were doing at the time. And so you have to kind of alter that. And then the second thing you were talking about was just making someone feel comfortable in the studio. And just because, you know, that energy that's there in a live performance is not there in a closet or in a, a room, uh, you know, just Brian saying this, having recorded Tacapella from his hall closet more than <laughs> once. Yeah, no, well, yeah, that's for another time. Uh, <laughs> sorry, maybe that was, maybe that was a behind the scenes secret. Exactly. And, and then the other moment was what you were talking about is like really trying into coaching these singers to you know bring out those emotions. I remember we had our soloist. We recorded uh, the Luckiest by Benfold. Our soloist. They literally had to like turn off all the lights in the room, light a candle, what? and just have him really be in the moment to deliver that solo. And that's something that we've never really talked about to people who is that a to fire album, hazard? But, <laughs> you know, it very well might have been, <laughs> but he got the uh, emotion. Uh, he projected it on that track due to that. So it's so fascinating just to hear your take on you know what goes into coaching these people. It's it's so true. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. One day I had to like kind of kick everyone out of the studio was like okay this guy can't deliver a solo with it with everyone you know shouting directions at him like y'all need to leave (laughs) you know you gotta just gotta do what you gotta do to get get that take that you need that's so interesting because frankly i've you know i've done a few recordings nothing major and pretty all pretty amateur so i i really don't understand this as well as you two clearly do and the idea of i mean it makes sense you do things differently in a recording studio than you would 
on stage, but it sounds like this is just a much deeper, more nuanced art form, this idea of the art of recording than I expected, because it, I think a lot of people think of recording as just like capturing as just, oh yeah, it the art's already happening and we're just there to like take a picture of it or to preserve it. But how you're describing it, Lisa, is that it's a process between you and the performer to create the best product for that medium. And I think that's ridiculously cool and i'm sure danny osmond has talked about this plenty on recording acapella so nothing i'm saying is new but i hope more people recognize the importance of what people like you are doing and i think the community has a good amount of appreciation for it but it's just so illuminating for me frankly to see how much goes into just doing a recording and all the different aspects and what you have to do to get that solid take Yeah, and there's a lot of things that, you know, we can fix in the editing process. And that's kind of what, unfortunately, a lot of people rely on. But there's so many, there are more things that we can't fix, uh, if that makes sense. Like, you know, placement of voice, that emotion that you need. Those little nuances that are just kind of present with the ambiance of the Mm -hmm. sound that is not, you can't really make that better or worse. So it just kind of is what it is. So you really want to focus on getting that that take that you need. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool process. So yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We've been having a great conversation with Lisa Hawkins, but uh, we're going to pass it over to Amanda Tram with Notable Coverage, and we'll be right back on Talk Pella. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, filling your ears with voices since 2013. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome back to Notable Coverage here on Tacapella on Acaville Radio. I'm your host, Amanda Tran, and on this week's episode of Notable Coverage, I am talking about none other than the queen of acapella herself, Sarah Bareilles. Yes, you heard it. If you are a singer of acapella, an arranger, you are 100% a fan of Sarah Bareilles. Find someone in the acapella community that isn't a Sarah fan and let me know when you find them. You're not going to find them because they don't exist. Sarah is an incredible singer, a songwriter, performer, Broadway star, Broadway writer, like basically does everything. And she is amazing at everything she does. And if you're in the acapella community, which you obviously are, if you're listening to Acaville Radio, you know that she started out in an acapella group in college. She was in the group called Awaken at UCLA. And that's where the song Gravity, her most famous debut as a singer-songwriter, was born. She actually wrote that song um, early on in her career. And the first time, I believe, I was, I'm getting this information from her book, but I believe that she uh, performed it for the first time with her acapella group. So she wrote the song, she arranged it, and then her group performed it. And it was actually placed on one of the Boca Best of College acapella albums. So that's a really fun fact. And later on, when she had graduated and wasn't in the group anymore, she released Gravity on her debut album, not as an acapella song, obviously, but as a full band arrangement. And I think that's such a cool and unique story. Um, And it really warms my heart that her roots were in acapella because, you know, as an acapella singer, fan, community member, there's just this connection that you have with anyone who's ever done it. And it can't really be explained unless you've lived that experience or had that experience. With all that being said, Sarah can do no wrong in her songs. 
And clearly that is very evident because acapella groups across the nation are always doing Sarah songs. The happy ones, the sad ones, the upbeat ones, the songs from Waitress, like literally every show or competition, there's always at least a Sarah song, whether it's a throwback or something new that she's put out. So without further ado, here are a couple versions of Sarah songs that I love. This first one, 100% no bias here. It just happens to be one of my groups called C-Note, S-E-A-N-O-T-E. We are a five-person group based in Seattle. This is our version of I Choose You from her Blessed Unrest album. And it's on our Transitions album. If you guys want to check that out, it's streaming and downloaded of a Sarah Barilla song done a cappella. I feel like this is kind of cheating because it's featuring Sarah Barilla singing her own song. It is very meta. This is by The Backbeats, and they were on one of the seasons of The Sing-Off. And this is the group that had a bunch of the SoCal vocal members. Um, Courtney Jensen was in it. It was like one of those super group groups, I believe. And they were super fun. They put out an album after the show, and it featured Uncharted by Sarah Bareilles, of course, featuring the one and only Sarah Bareilles. So here is Uncharted by the Backbeats. I love this version, it's super fun. She can do no wrong. No words, but tears won't make any room for more when it don't hurt. Like anything I've ever felt before. This is no broken heart, no familiar scars. This territory goes uncharted. Just me in a room sunk down in a house in a town, and I don't breathe. Though I never meant to let it get away from me. Now I've too much to hold. Everybody has to get their hands on gold, and I want uncharted. Stuck under the ceiling, I'm made. I can't help the feeling. I'm going down. Follow if you want. I won't just hang around like you'll show me. Thank you so much again for tuning in to Notable Coverage here on Talk of Hella and Octaville Radio. I'm your host, Amanda Tran, and if you'd love to talk, I would love to talk about acapella, because that's all I talk about. Definitely at me on all socials at Amanda Tran Rocks. That's Amanda Tran, R-O-C-K-S. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Each day, I'm counting up the minutes till I get along, because I can't stay in the middle of it all. It's nobody's fault, but I'm so low, never knew how much I didn't know. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about.
And welcome back to Talkapella. Thanks for joining us again on Talkapella. We have had the pleasure of talking with Lisa Hawkins today. She has quite the resume when it comes to acapella. But we've been doing kind of a deep dive on recording and editing and uh, a lot of the production side of acapella, which is really cool and unique because we don't get to talk about that a lot. And so we kind of want to jump right back into that mm-hmm. with you, Lisa. And so with recording, it's such a very, it's such an artistic thing. I know there are a lot of different trains of thoughts on you know what makes a good recording what things should you avoid all the different nuances behind it just from your personal take I guess what are some things that you've seen that just really are conducive to really good mm-hmm. recording or help with the editing process what do you see you know performers go into the studio and do or what are some of the behind the scenes things that really make the whole process just run efficiently well in terms of recording I would say like the biggest secret is self-esteem and comfort for singers because yeah. singing is so mental. It's kind of like golf. Like it's just wait, like it's, wait, it wait, gets in your wait. head. I don't know anything about golf. I've done like <laughs> oh, mini golf well, with the big like- windmills. Walk me through this metaphor. <laughs> well, you know, they just say that golf is such a mental game. You know, it's not who says that. Fit. I've never. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people listening. Like, yeah, everyone says. Oh, I, never mind. I, Maybe I should have. No, no, no. I'm sure they no, do. I've just never heard me. that. <laughs> okay, that's. This is good for me to know. I'm learning more about golf. Okay. <laughs> Talk about many things today. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, just, it's so mental. Like the emotion, the tone, the, everything that comes out of your voice is just. It's in your head. So making sure that the singers are comfortable both in the studio with their own voice and that is the best thing and also the hardest thing to do because you you mm-hmm. have such a limited time with them and you know there's only so much you can say to like really make that mm-hmm. happen but i think that is what results in like the best recordings what was the second part of that question just uh so you talked a lot about the what goes to making really good recordings and things like that could you maybe even elaborate a little bit on things that you've seen that maybe aren't as great maybe the opposite mm. of you know what things happen in the studio that just like oh man now we have to do this 50 <laughs> times or things like that because I, I remember focusing on that for ourselves like we kind of went in and even though we were really co- cohesive in our live performances there were just things that we didn't know because it was our first time being in the studio is there is that something you regularly see with groups or anything similar to groups who even go back and forth and do it all the time yeah well the first time I tried a group it was actually their first time in the studio also so we we're kind of just experiencing this whole new thing together which is kind of funny and nerve-wracking and everyone was very nervous but I would say to have a really good take so many groups like to have sheet music in the studio and I highly discourage that Ooh. because that just takes away so much really? how so surprising. well kind of like in the in the live performance too if everyone has sheet music in front of their faces it's just not as entertaining mm-hmm. you're, you're just kind of watching them, them read yeah, yeah it's, it's like reading a powerpoint while mm-hmm. they're just you know reading the words off of it like it's it doesn't really do much for you and same at the studio when you're like just reading the audience can kind of tell like oh they're just singing the notes but if you're if you're off music if you're off book and you're not really thinking about that you can focus way more on like and other things and emoting and that i think is is so important i highly discourage like any sort of like sheet music 
in the studio if possible. That's super surprising because not even just acapella, I'll think of all the video, studio videos I watch of other groups of bands and a lot of them, the professional singers have sheet music. And so that's that's really surprising. Now, it makes complete sense what you're saying because yeah. I, for one, believe that the hardest thing that anyone can try and fake is energy when it comes to studio recordings. Mm-hmm. And I get mm-hmm. that, you know, by focusing on the sheet music or focus on anything other than being in the moment, it can really take away, but it's still surprising wow and also like when you're in the studio you're paying for time right like Mm -hmm. you're it's not a cheap thing and so when you have sheet music the odds are you're going to mess up a little bit more because you're like oh uh, you're flustered and i messed that up sorry you know Mm. and one there's the page flips in the recording which is like the worst (laughs) (laughs) and then you know if you're messing up you're taking time away from you know you're adding more time to that recording session and you're costing your group money so yeah another thing that i've heard is some groups will have some groups will have like headphones in and they will play like the midis to their parts just to make sure that everyone is always on have you seen groups do that lisa and if so what are your thoughts on it yes that is like a requirement like you have to have some sort of midi playing in your ear well one you need the tempo and you need the key you need the feel Mm -hmm. of the song to be able to to sing it right but some groups leave the solo in there like they'll just do like a rough take of a solo mm-hmm. and that, that's not like their their track they're going to use in the recording but it's just kind of like a, a track so people can yeah. like get into it and hear the solo in their in their head and sometimes people use that and a lot of groups do find that helpful and then it kind of depends on the person I'll ask them like hey do you want this like playing or do you want your you know like counterpart like you want to hear them in your ear while you're singing it with them some people say yes yeah, some people say no it's kind of whatever makes them feel comfortable but MIDI tracks for sure cool. are a must okay. so to go along with with John's question, just your own personal preference, do you prefer, and I don't even know if there's a really a school of thought on either or, but do you prefer to actually have the the group, the physical voices singing in your ear or just like John said, like a MIDI file mm-hmm. of just, you know, notes and tones? Is there a preference that most people typically have? If I'm recording with a group, you know, that's not just a bunch of voices of me, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I prefer just the MIDI track. I don't really want to hear their voices except for the solo because you know you're what's going to be edited is like cutoffs and you know entrances and i don't really want to follow someone else's like cutoffs because if they're wrong then i'm making the same mistake and you're making it harder for the editor to have to to fix both of you now yeah i like to do my own thing and you know if, if they need to fix me then they need to fix me but if someone's following another person they're all wrong <laughs> and that just mm. kind of makes it you know tedious for the other person but that's what i prefer but if i'm singing just with my own voice and i'm layering myself then i kind of like to hear my previous tracks because then i can be so super nitpicky if i'm doing it myself and i can follow my own cutoffs and make sure they're perfect and that saves me more time from the editing since they're all the same yeah this is really interesting because in choir stuff and working with choral ensembles it's all about blending with your you know your neighbor singer with your fellow singers and with the ensemble so when i first realized that oh to do acapella you don't do it all together you do it individually that was super strange to me because 
as far as I understand it, that's not really the practice for the the choral world. I think generally choirs overall are bigger than a cappella groups, so it makes sense. The sounds a little less uh, specialized and a little a little more niche for a cappella, which makes sense. But I mean, is recording full groups like is that ever a thing? Like, do people just come in, or is that just pretty much a, a practice reserved for live recordings? That's mostly practice for live recordings, unless you're kind of doing like a a gang track and what that is is like you know you hear those like hey's or like oh, oh. and like everyone's it's kind of like a chorus of like <laughs> oh yeah uh, you know what i mean those like I, shout okay wait break this down moments. for me you get a bunch of people in a recording studio to just go hey all at once yeah or you know whatever is being shouted at the time <laughs> I the hype man track. <laughs> oh my god! What am I doing with my life? I want to just be that guy, and all of the and all of the tracks. Like, yeah, he's he's in every single track. Anytime you've ever heard a hey or a yeah or an oh, John Lampus is in that in that group. Um, <laughs> oh man, you that's can be really that interesting guy for acapella, John. Yeah, yeah, that's my pursuit. We we're talking about Lisa's acapella career. She's going to all these different places. Mine is just going to be being the one hype man in through all of these things. <laughs> That would be awesome. I mean, I've talked about for, I mean, this is, I believe, episode 70 of Tacapella, depending on when it gets scheduled. And for episode 100, I've talked about, I want to take every time someone has said, and welcome back to Tacapella on every episode, and just layer it in for the for the 100th episode. It'd be kind of similar, layering it all in just as like kind of a, or take it the other approach, get all 100 or so guests all together and do a gang track and have them all <laughs> say, and welcome back to Talk Bell at the same time. None of this would go well. This would all go. And honestly, <laughs> that would probably be easier than editing all like 100. Oh, I'm not expecting it to sound good. It's going to sound like a hellscape <laughs> and like like the apocalypse, but it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, if, if we make it to episode 100, your voice will be in there, I think three times, Lisa, because this is your third episode. But um, getting this train back on the tracks, this is so interesting for me to hear about. I'm really excited to learn how all of this stuff works and honestly to learn more about the artistry that goes into it. Because I think, again, it's so easy just to think of recording is just what you do. You just do the same thing, except you just have a microphone in front of you. But learning there's certain ways you have to sing into the microphone or certain things you need to accentuate, to use a really weird metaphor. If any of you ever seen movies by Joss Whedon, he has lots of large ensembles. And one of the things he does in his scripts is he will accentuate the character's biggest traits even more so they stand out in a group setting. So it creates this kind of more kinetic energy. You see that in Avengers. Tony Stark is way like douchier and Bruce Banner is way nerdier. I know I know this sounds a little, this is a weird metaphor to go with, but it's like <laughs> that approach. And you gave me crap for talking about golf. I know, I know. But this... <laughs> But that approach works really well for that setting, whereas it would be off-putting in maybe an Iron Man movie. But if you need to make something stand out or something needs to be accentuated to work in a different context, and it, shut up, guys, I'm going with this, it needs to work in a different medium, it makes sense. And I think that's really interesting in the fact that, like, I'm singing like I'm working on my technique, and my technique is the same wherever, and now thinking about trying to fit that into a different kind of way of making the music and i'm curious uh lisa what's like the biggest struggle you see with people as they do this like trying to what's the what's the thing that's the hardest for them to make come alive 
in a recording going from groups who have mm. just done live recordings or just done live performances what's the biggest hurdle or the most common hurdle you see that people struggle to surpass i think the biggest struggle i see is people who kind of get away with blending into the background Ooh. and then they have to be by themselves in front of the mic all of a sudden and they're so quiet they're like you know it's like i know you can talk louder than that to your friends and give me more give me more and it's kind of like getting them to give me what i need that's you know not sounding like a mouse i know that sounds kind of mean but you know like it's really easy to kind of fall into that soundscape and not stand out and some people don't like to stand out but they like singing in the group so when you put them in front of the mic by themselves they kind of panic and yeah kind of getting them to be comfortable and like giving me that tone like they shrink their voices down to be almost non-existent but when you like it is very satisfying though when you get those people to actually like project and be comfortable and i'm like see you can do it and then they get so happy and like it's it's very (laughs) cute i like that (laughs) but it is the biggest struggle sometimes it doesn't happen and they leave kind of feeling discouraged and that's always sad but what i tell people if it's their first time is like really like picture yourself in the studio in front of a mic and how you're gonna sing those like really mundane parts that are really boring like the doo-doos and the ahs and they you're just you know part of this sound scape and picture how you're going to sing those. Are you going to crescendo? Are you going to, what kind of tone are you giving me? Are you just trying to be like just a wave of sound? Or are you actually trying to like give me dynamics? Like I try to encourage them to like get themselves in that mindset before they come in so they Mm. don't panic. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, um, it's more of a confidence. And I think I might already know the answer. It's it's probably less of a confidence thing versus just kind of more of a a mental block thing when it comes to just transferring over to that that studio aspect is what it might be sounding like more than anything. I would say it's a little bit of both because usually that confidence in their voice comes from confidence, you know, with themselves. And it's the people who haven't been singing, you know, for all of their lives that feel very self-conscious in front of the studio because they don't have that, like, they haven't had lessons. They haven't had anyone tell them, like, what they need to do or what they're not doing. So they're just very uncertain. It's all, all the unknowns, and they're all of a sudden in a studio recording their voice into like this MIDI that you know is just nonsense notes, and. Yeah, I, and I can see how that's very, very nerve-wracking. And for those of us who have been re- singing for a long time, it's not as weird. We're like, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And like, tell me what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who are more experienced, they're like really welcoming to Kachiks. And they're like, yes, like, please be, like, tell me. And then the mm-hmm. people who have not are usually a little bit more like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that was a good it's impression like, it's okay. right it's okay. there. <laughs> that was a really good impression. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I think it's really, really cool. And you're just making me think so much about just the, the role of someone in today's modern acapella and how big the, the learning curve can be and how much development can happen just from the sake of, hey, I have to learn how to sing with this brand new group without instruments to, hey, I had to learn how to perform live to, hey, I had to learn how to record. And it's just like there's so much education that can come from acapella. There's so much... Um, you know, it's it's really another element of the the development of a person, especially going from high school to college at the end of the day. It's really cool. And just like I said, it's fascinating. I use that word so much, but there's so much fascination with acapella at the end of the day. It's like super interesting to see that like you hear someone live and you're like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a great studio artist. It's so like mm-hmm. it blows my mind when I'm like, wait. 
(laughs) (laughs) And then some people are really, really great studio artists, but doesn't translate live, you know? It's interesting. They're almost different art forms. I think that's exactly it. And I think the idea of oh, they're really good, but only in the studio. They don't, if they can't do it live, they're not a good performer. That dichotomy, I think is really kind of fading away more now than ever. The idea of like, oh yeah, they're, they have great albums, but they're not, they're not any good live. That's just kind of how I used to view like music when I was like, I don't know, seven. Now it's like people are, (laughs) some artists are only studio artists. There are acapella groups Mm -hmm. like Accent that their members are all over the globe. So their whole thing is recording even something like posture i think that's how you pronounce it right um we had tina freese on from posture uh which is a european acapella group and they do everything like they, they do both live and recordings but they do a lot of like electronica stuff like they use electronic stuff to manipulate their sound and that's intentional so it's this mm-hmm. divide of you either have it or you don't and the only way we can know if you have it is if you do it live that's not necessarily true anymore and i think that's really cool and i think acapella is providing us like a really good like insight into that when there are groups that are only meant to be recorded that doesn't mean they're not good that just means their art form takes a different medium and i still think that's really cool and i think that's something we're kind of all realizing as a society that it's not live performing yes i i personally find that to be incredibly satisfying having done the vocal performance major and everything in undergrad but there is a whole other kind of sphere, a whole other side to this process of performing and especially performing acapella that I hope people aren't too quick to dismiss. And I think, and I don't think they are. Uh, And I think we should all be very cognizant of what Lisa has kind of shown us today, which is the art of recording. It's not just about, okay, I'm the person who sits back here and presses play, which is how I feel like it's often depicted in media. It is, no, I'm the person here who coaches you, who is emotionally supportive, who shows you how to, understand this art form i think it's just frankly really freaking cool that you do that stuff lisa and i think you should be proud of the uh your artistry in that field that i think should be even more appreciated than it is currently oh thank you (laughs) yeah just to add on that i'm like i'm completely jealous i think that there's so much um there's so much potential when it comes to like, as John's saying, the behind the scenes stuff. And I think in a way that's the gateway for a lot of people to actually get into acapella mm-hmm. at the end of the day who might be discouraged because, Hey, I'm not the, I'm not the greatest soloist or I'm not the greatest front person or whatever. I'm my face isn't meant to be out front, but I'm like, Hey, you have a voice and you have also, there's all these other cool things that you can help yeah. to further the cause. Totally. And I think this kind of calls back to our episode we did with Rachel Jaffe, a member of the Acaville team, where she has never been in an acapella group, but she still is like an acapella aficionado because she interviews groups and she does so many different things that don't involve actual vocal production. And she's still a big voice at Acaville and is really experienced in the acapella community. And I think what's really cool about that is we're going to get different kinds of people. We're not just going to get people who like to sing. The acapella community is going to be inclusive to maybe someone who just likes like doing theater production and technical light stuff or whatever, but they find maybe acapella is their favorite part of it or something like that. And it's so cool that the ways to quote-unquote do acapella are so much more diverse now than they've ever been and i think it's just going to keep diversifying through these conversations we're having and i think that's an important step forward that the community should take and currently is taking 
Yeah, and I'm really I'm really honored to be able to have had all these experiences and I've had so much fun being able to like learn and I, I really hope like someone who knows a lot about audio isn't listening because they're going to be like wow, right. she has no idea what she's talking about. But oh. <laughs> Okay, you <laughs> but, don't. Like, I'm, I'm very much <laughs> It was like, I, I am very much still learning and not an expert by any means, but I do enjoy the process. I enjoy all processes of acapella, everything from like singing, arranging, you know, the backstage stuff, you know, studio stuff. It's just all very fascinating to me. And I'm so glad I've had these opportunities to be able to like dive into these things, work for a company that specialized in it. And um, now I'm hoping to do more of it on my own again and just kind of record myself and make more music. That's, that's my own. And I'm super excited that I have this knowledge, at least like a baseline to kind of go off of. So for those of you who are like, I'm not with the group right now, like, you know, being able to like record yourself and edit is, is really not that hard. It's just a little bit intimidating to take that first step. So I would highly encourage those who do like to sing, but don't necessarily have a group at the moment to um, experiment with that. Because as long as you have a computer and, you know, a cheap microphone, it doesn't have to be great. You don't have to like put out crazy Grammy winning recordings or anything like that. Just, you know, for yourself and recording your own music. It's very satisfying. So highly encourage it. <laughs> well said, Lisa. Uh, we're going to take one more break. There will be no asking for directions this week because Lisa is on the actual show. I think it'd be a little weird for us to be like, all right, that was a great episode with Lisa Hawkins. Now let's listen to Lisa Hawkins talk about something else. So uh, it's just going to be. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be right back here on Tacapella. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, we dare you to find any instruments in these tracks. In my words you said, hear the tale I tell before you let me go. Open hands, you said, open hands can hold much more than you can know. All we are, you said, all we've ever been was sailors on the shore. But the sea, you said, but the sea was made to make horizons yours. The horizon is ours. Sure behind I'm gonna make it mine 
Awesome conversation today with Lisa Hawkins about recording, uh, the studio side of acapella, golf. and so many other wonderful. Oh, and golf too. Oh, of course, yes. Can't <laughs> forget Pokemon. about and a little golf bit of Pokemon, Pokemon and a little bit of Joss Whedon movies. <laughs> I will take We've I will take credit most... <laughs> for uh, any time any of those came up, just kind of ruining the uh, the conversation. But it was you know it was still it still worked out. Yeah, we've had the most unique references today. I'm not going to forget this for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, the unforgettable. Exactly. And so just kind of to wrap things off what we've uh, gotten in the habit of doing, we always like to leave our listeners with just some words of wisdom. So Lisa, if you could offer advice to the acapella community at large um, regarding anything we've discussed or any thoughts that have come to mind as we've been talking today, what what advice would you leave with the listeners? Well, if you are an individual and don't sing with a group, kind of like I said earlier, I would totally encourage, you know, experimenting with your own voice in production. But if you are with a group, say high school, collegiate, maybe even a semi-professional group, I would definitely encourage if you have not already uh, to record yourselves. And it doesn't even have to be like through an official company. Um, you know, when I was in my collegiate group, we just knew a girl who was, you know, dabbled in production and kind of recorded through her stuff. But if you can do that, it's such a cool experience. You can kind of treat it as a retreat for your group. because So you kind of killed two birds with one stone. You get to have like a retreat bonding weekend with your group and you get to like have your art in recording form, which is, which is always cool. You can either sell it to the masses or you can just give it to friends and family. Either way, super cool experience, super satisfying. I don't know. I feel like you can't go wrong. 
Lisa, if people want to get a hold of you, talk to you about acapella golf, Pokemon, or Joss Whedon movies, how could they do that? <laughs> I am on Facebook and Instagram. My Instagram handle is lisa.yoda. Uh, get asked that why Yoda? It's my middle name. Just before you ask, and you were um, not. This was yeah. you were not named after the Star Wars character. It's Japanese, right? Yoda. Right. It's my mom's maiden okay, name. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, my I have a website. It's uh, www.lisahawkinsmusic.com. So if you guys want to check that out, highly appreciated. You can reach out to me um, there if you guys are looking for custom arrangements and um, other music that I've done, bio videos, all that fun stuff. So. That is my plug. Oh, and if you want to check out my acapella group, Revel Acapella, we are also on Instagram under Revel Acapella and YouTube. And you can also find her every week here on Tacapella doing the last segment, Asking for Directions, which we are so thankful that you do, Lisa. And we've and it's been great having you on the show today. And it's great that you get to be kind of a guest on every episode by just telling us what you think of how groups should be run. And it's it's really nice to have your presence on this show. And we thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brian, where can people find you? You can always find me on Twitter at Brian, B-R-I-N underscore A-0-5. And as always, please go follow all the, the work I do on College Acapella. Nice. And everyone, you can find me in the same place at John Lampus, J-O-H-N-L-A-M-P-U-S on Twitter and Instagram. And man, this has been a really fun episode. The three of us getting together, talking about some dumb stuff, but also some really important stuff about acapella and about Lisa's unique role in it right now. So this this has been a lot of fun. Thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. And remember for everything acapella, please stay tuned. Something about you makes me crazy. I don't know what it is. place just to find that I'm still alone Even though I know we'll never find a way to get together I can't keep from trying I keep holding on, holding on, holding on, holding on to you I keep holding on, holding on, holding on, holding on to you Never make its way to forever